0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And this week's episode, if you haven't heard, it's probably because you didn't get drawn. The the lottery hunt drawings have, uh, for, for the ODNR-controlled hunts at least, have come and gone. And so maybe you got drawn, maybe you didn't. But we kind of dig into the murky waters of people buying selling trading uh, lottery hunt permits you know technically it's not allowed but it goes on so we kind of wade into that if you will before we get into that though I need to talk about our sponsor Maston's deer sense so deer season is right around the corner and if you're looking to stock up on scent before season Maston's is a great company to do that they can hook you up with whatever you need they've got your standard liquid scents. prices are really good on that and they've got some other interesting products like scented gel crystals that you can refresh with liquid scent they've got their double scent stacker scented candles which you use in the deer in the double scent stacker which you know you think like Reed things but these are deer scented candles so Lots of interesting things, and I, I keep harping on the fact that the prices are really good because the prices are really good, and, and I like that. So check them out, mastinsdeersense.com, or if it's easier, you can just go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and find their information there. Before we get into that topic, though, we, we got to do our, our weekly updates as we as we do, so guys anything new been doing anything in the woods is getting ready for season anything like that gear prep
1: yeah last weekend i uh i'm getting ready for early goose um so i went out and mowed the banks of my pond you know get nice young fresh grass there trying to you know both give the the geese kind of somewhere to get out of the water too you know that's not chest high grass and sure give them some some fresh young grass to to munch on so we'll see if that you know uh attracts them you know gets them coming around more often um also kind of just gives me a place to put the decoys that you know they stand out a little bit more yeah you know instead of being you know, I don't know, two foot tall grass where the decoy sinks down in it, you know, the decoy will be up out of the grass and more visible. Sure. So hopefully, well, hopefully that works out for me. Well, Jeff, my tip based on what I've seen in the last few days is you should probably hunt right by the railroad tracks by my house. I've seen
0: a flock of geese there every morning.
1: <laughs>
0: by the <laughs> just railroad hunt.
1: tracks, huh?
0: Yeah, I mean there's a river stream, not river, but
1: it's hmm. more than a creek, but it's not like river river, you know what I mean? But uh-huh. so there is some water that runs near those railroad tracks, but yeah, it's right right in town by the railroad tracks. A whole flock of them, they just lay down right there. It's right by a trailhead to the hmm. um whatever that towpath.
0: Mhm. Yeah. yeah
1: right by those railroad tracks right there in the yeah. city. I would assume <laughs> Once the waterfowl find my area, there'll be, uh, yeah, there'll be a lot of waterfowl around because with all the fields getting flooded last year, um, there was a lot of winter wheat planted and uh, a lot of oats planted this year. So there's a lot of grain on the fields that. As soon as the waterfowl find it, they should be, you know, hitting the fields pretty heavily. So, I'm optimistic. The deer, the the oats got cut, and the deer have been slamming that field.
0: Oh, really? That was,
1: yeah. You know, I hadn't really seen much activity from deer in the fields, and then that field of oats got cut, and, uh... You know, a couple days later, I drove by and there was like four deer in the field. And then now just about, you know, if it's after seven o'clock, that that field will have, you know, at least three or four deer in it. I've seen as many as like eight, nine deer. You know, it's just it's a smaller field. It's not, you know, a big field. It's pretty small little field took me a really long time to figure out what the heck was planted in the field too because i'm not used to seeing oats planted in a field you know it's always soybeans corn wheat right yeah you know so i saw this stuff planted and it's like that is the weirdest looking wheat i've ever seen in my life (laughs) you know i don't know what kind of wheat that guy's got planted but it is weird or it's not doing well. And then, then I discovered, Oh wait, that's oats.
0: I, uh, in my area, it seems like a lot of corn this year. I see lots and lots of fields with corn in it, which, you know, always leads to that. I mean, there's always that shift, but it seems like with, with, you know, heavy corn years, because it's a food source and a cover source. It, uh, although I don't know how much deer, like when the corn dries out in you know, but I don't know how much deer feed on like green corn stalks. I don't think it's a ton. I think you get more. I, I don't know. Honestly, I think you get more coon damage on corn. But anywho, yeah, yeah,
1: you, you get I definitely a big. Think- more coon damage than deer you know deer will nip them off early right and then they're waiting basically for that corn to get pretty close to ready to harvest before they really start hitting it again
0: yeah but so you get that you know what was cover acres and acres of cover is gone you know and so patterns change so it'll make for an interesting fall I've been, uh, I seem to do this every year. I've, I've realized like, you know, this time of year you start, you know, seasons really starting to knock on the door here. We're knocking on opening day here, not long. And then I, you know, I open up the pocketbook and start, uh, start buying stuff. So I've got, uh, orders, you know, shipments coming in of stuff you know, that I wanted to, I got like, I bought some lightweight carabiners because the carabiners that came on my tree ropes and stuff are just like the heavy steel, you know, and it was like, I debated on trying to saddle this year and I just, I don't know, I, did, I couldn't bring myself to pull the trigger, but maybe next year. But in the meantime, I figured, you know, I'll upgrade some of these other things that are, you know, have kind of been a a headache for me in the past. So I bought Lightweight carabiners for clipping into that kind of stuff to lighten the load a little bit. I got. I'm gonna rock lighted Knox this year for the first time. So, those are actually That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. I've been playing with those today, yeah. and yeah, those are gonna be cool. So,
1: did you buy bolts with lighted Knox already installed, or did you swap out Knox?
0: No, so mine came with the what are they, the omni knocks from ten point. Uh And but they are it's like an insert. So the and I don't even know how to explain it. So there's like a plastic cup that is glued into the into the arrow shaft. Then the knock is just kind of snap fit into that cup. Which means you can pull the Omni-Knock out and put, because I don't, mine are, the ones I that came on mine, they're not translucent or anything. They're just like a, a solid yellow plastic. So I didn't even, I didn't even try the the lighted-knock in those. I bought the, I ended up buying the Alpha-Knocks, because so, they fit in. Alpha-Knocks are the new-knocks that are supposed to deal with the tighter string angles better, and you get better string contact and all this stuff captures the string better yada 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 so for six because for six of them it was like six bucks or something the 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 those plastic knocks are you know cheap the lights are expensive they're like 20 bucks for three but anywho i bought the the alpha knocks and the the light sticks And they just go up inside of there, and it actually, like, where that knock snaps on, it actually, instead of it snapping all the way shut, if you will, all the way together, it stands up, you know, um, a sixteenth of an inch or something. And then when the bow goes off, it pushes it together, snaps it together, and turns the light on. And then when you, you know, you go up to the target, you can just pull that knock out of the back, pull the, the, the light, you know, you kind of pull it back up and it shuts the light off. So excited for that. I bought a few other things that I'm, um, I don't know. I bought a, it's not a GoPro, but it's, it's a knockoff GoPro. It got really good reviews on Amazon. And I was texting you guys about this this morning, you know, all excited and I was playing with it a little bit after work today, and I, I don't know. I might end up returning this thing. It, I, I need to play around with the settings a little bit more, but I think, as best as I can tell, I had it in 1080p, 60 frames per second, and I, when I watched the video that it recorded, it, I've got clearer pictures on... Rabbit, you know, old rabbit ear antenna TVs. Like I don't see how on earth there's not a chance. There's not a chance that this is HD 1080p video. I just, there's no way, but if that's the best it does, it's not, you know, cause I bought it to my, my idea is not to start filming hunts, but to just be able to see, have a recording of shot placement. So that you know, I can go back and review and go, yep, it was a good shot. You know, I'm gonna give it an hour and and start tracking, or boy, that you know, didn't go where I thought it went, sort of thing. And there's no way you you would tell with this, even with the light. I mean, granted, it was broad daylight, but I think even with the lighted knock, I don't. You know, I think as the light goes down, the picture quality is going to get even worse. So if I can't get the get it figured out to where the video quality is at least halfway decent, um, I think I'm going to return this thing. So, a little bummed on that, but... Yeah, that's a bummer. So be it. I guess that's how
1: GoPro is able to charge what they do for their cameras.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, you pay for what you... And they're not ideal, right? Because they've got that wide-angle lens, and so everything looks kind of far away. And so, you know, I had to target it, even with a GoPro, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, at 20 yards, something looks pretty far away. But I was just hoping to get a general, you know, like, yep, was it up near the shoulder? Or, ooh, boy, that was, you know, farther back than I thought. Right. Uh, And, the, you know... The price was good on this thing. And like I said, it gets great reviews. You know, it's one of these things. that has got like twenty thousand reviews, four and a half stars or something on Amazon. But I don't know. I'm not seeing it. But maybe I just need to. Uh, my my review isn't final yet. I need to fiddle with the settings a little bit more. Anything new with you, Jake? Any updates?
1: Uh, no, not really. I was on. Been on vacation. Yeah, I was on vacation last week and I haven't been out to the property to pull the cards. I'm actually going to do that after we record today because that's the way vacation works. At least with me and my wife working, we work healthcare. So we stack our days to try and. So since I've been home from vacation, I've done nothing but work. So (laughs) it's the uh, first evening I sort of. Halfway have off. So
0: uh,
1: I'm going to run out there and pull the cards. Not that I'm expecting a ton. I hadn't done anything special before I left, but just see if maybe I got a straggler buck coming through yet, but I'm not holding my breath, but we'll see. Um, Mm. Plan on opening up some scrapes. I'm going to try that this year and see if I can make some mock scrapes to try and drum up. Um, Actually, from our sponsor from Mastin's, he recommended trying to open up some scrapes and see if it'll draw them in. So I'm going to give that a try here in the next probably week or so. I hope to get out there and open those up just to give them, give them some time to, for the bucks to find them. Hopefully that'll, like I said, and I've said before, I mean, the neighbors, people see big deer. They're just not, you know there are a couple fields off they're not in my neck of the woods yet sure but so we'll see i had high hopes of getting some new stands put up and replaced and that never happened so that'll be another year i guess but in terms of gear i'm pretty much just riding what i had last year i think so nothing new for me gear wise yet which, but i also haven't really went through my gear in detail and like packed it into my pack yet. So when I do that, I'm probably going to say, Oh, I didn't realize I'm out of whatever. Yeah. X, Y, Z. And I need to order it. I just did the standard. I bought new arrow shafts, new broadheads. Same thing I was using last year though. Nothing new, just fresh.
0: So. All right. That's about it. Well, let's get into our topic for this week. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so, lottery hunts. We're going to talk about lottery hunts and, and maybe some of the, uh, I don't even know, the issues or or things that if we were in charge. Drama, it
1: controversy. Be.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the lottery, uh, the ODNR lottery hunt results have come out. You know, if, if you got drawn, congratulations. Uh, but... Maybe uh, Jeff, if because you, you seem to be kind of the most versed in this, do you kind of want to break down, give a little backstory on what it is that spurred the idea for this this topic today?
1: Well, I mean, I think in uh, full disclosure here, uh, we have the the worst luck with getting drawn for lottery hunts.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So that that's full disclosure here. Um, none of us three have ever been drawn. Um, my wife has applied for, uh, the women's hunts, never been drawn. Um, our dad well, has Jeff, applied. You, you laid into them pretty hard this year. Like you didn't apply for one or two, right? You applied no. for waterfowl. You applied for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I applied for a lot this year. Yeah. Right. Just the um, first time we've applied for or you have applied for that many in the past I've applied for two or three and I've never gotten drawn. And this year I applied for, I think three or four and didn't get drawn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, this year I'm looking to get in the waterfowl hunting. So I applied for waterfowl hunting, uh, lotteries. Um, but yeah, our dad's applied before and we've never been drawn. Um, however, this year, my niece did get drawn. So, that would be a new experience.
0: For um, that was one of the youth hunts, right?
1: Yeah, for a youth hunt. Yeah, okay. yeah. But so uh, that that is full disclosures. We have very bad luck.
0: Well, maybe um, that's maybe that's gonna like break the uh, the bad streak we've had. Maybe next yeah. year is our year.
1: Yeah, I mean, because odds odds would have it that we would have been drawn at least a couple of times by now. Yeah. Um but Yeah, cuz I know some guys who seem to think because they get drawn so much, they think if you apply you get drawn. You know, I have people that are like, what do you mean you've never been drawn? Every time I apply I get drawn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, right, right. Cool. All right.
0: Yeah. So that sort of sets up I guess the topic and so results came out. We didn't. I, I guess I should full disclosure. I actually didn't apply for anything this year because I, I talked about it and thought about it, but then it was like I, just, I never get drawn. So why why waste my time? You know, that was kind of the stance I took on it this year. So I didn't apply. But we we have discovered that there is a um uh,
1: a system of how to get how to get lottery hunts
0: without being drawn
1: right or at least yeah that that there's a there's a system (laughs) sort of a back door yeah yeah to to get lottery hunts that you that you want like i just we have discovered that they're basically i'm just gonna i mean we'll call it we'll call it a black market we'll call it a black market Yes, yes. There's a a black market out there for lottery hunts. And, you know, whether wrong or right, I don't know. But basically, if you want to get lottery hunts, it seems like what you do is apply for everything. Apply for all the lotteries, and then you trade them. You trade the hunts. For the hunts that you want you know whatever you do end up getting drawn for if you're lucky to get drawn for anything then you trade that hunt for something that you do want and while that's illegal it's a well and yeah I'm gonna say it's illegal because it's there's an when they on the permit it says you know like that you cannot transfer you can't trade or sell this permit.
0: Yeah, it says it's unlawful to buy, sell, or trade lottery event permits issued by the Ohio Division of Wildlife.
1: Right. But then right on the permit, they give you a place to transfer the permit.
0: Right. So I read that a couple times because I was like, "How this is like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. But transfer, meaning I'm going to give it to you for no monetary or... I'm gaining nothing out of it. I'm not selling it to you. I'm not trading it to you for something in return. I am giving it to you free and clear. That is allowed. Right. Is, is what I'm understanding right. by the that's, way this is written.
1: That's the intentions, I believe, of that transfer section. But we However, have discovered that is not at all what happens. Right,
0: right. However... I'm sure that happens. I mean, like, you know, like, hey, I got drawn, you know, Jake, Jeff, something came up with work. I can't do this, hunt. Do you guys want it? And I transfer it to you, right? I could see that happening. I'm sure it gets used that way. But, like you said, there's this, uh, I I mean, like you said, a, a black market, if you will, of buying, selling, trading ODNR lottery hunts right
1: and so it seems to me like generally accepted amongst because how i discovered this is you know there's a lot more waterfowl hunting opportunities via lotteries than there is deer hunting opportunities um so how i kind of came across this was you could see on all these waterfowl hunting pages people looking the trade you know we trade 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 and it seems like it's generally accepted amongst the community to trade them selling them is not as accepted you know that's a little bit more you know people see that as being a little bit more shady but trading them everybody accepts is that's how it works you know and there's there's a very good reason to trade them. Like I got drawn, this date doesn't work for me, but another date does work for me, you know, at the, at the yeah. same location or a, a waterfowl hunt or a hunt nearby. Right. Um. But what you see is people, you know, will apply for all the hunts and they'll apply for hunts that they never intend to go to. You know, they'll apply for a dove hunt that is four or five hours away from them.
0: Right, okay. You
1: know, they live in one corner of the state, it's in the other corner. And all they're looking to do is trade that hunt, you know, maybe that dove hunt for a dove hunt that's by them. You know, in, in practice, they're getting two entries to the dove hunt by them because if they get drawn for the other one, they'll just try to trade. Right
0: so. so so okay, so it, it seems like it's it's sort of generally accepted that that selling them is, you know, people kind of frown on that, but trading them is is generally accepted as okay. Um, right. What are your guys's take on that? I mean obviously right, like legally by the by the the way it is written, trading them is unlawful against the law do you guys agree with that
1: this is my stance on it i will apply for hunts that i reasonably intend to use and if i if i can't make the date that i uh you know i'm drawn for i'm okay with trading that like i feel like that's in Good faith, you know that's a good faith, uh, right? Opportunity. Um, and by that you mean trading it within the same hunt, just a different date. If if possible, yes, the same hunt, just a different date, or okay. at least. A hunt. I feel comfortable with what you're saying there. Yeah. Same hunt, dip, same wildlife area, same location. Just a different date, different weekend. Yeah. I'm okay with that. That's I. That doesn't feel dirty to me. I think that's fair. Yeah. You were drawn to hunt that area, that species. The time just didn't work out. Right. Right. And I. I mean, I would. I would feel comfortable doing that. Um. Now, I. By the letter of the law, that may still be illegal. Um. But I would. I would feel comfortable in doing that. You know, I was acting in good faith when I applied that I wanted to hunt, you know, to participate in that hunt. Right. right. Um, cause you don't apply for a specific date, right? It's just a hunt and then you're assigned.
0: That right. How that works. Right.
1: Yeah. 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 You apply for, you know, Maggie Marsh or,
0: right.
1: uh, you know, Killbuck. uh, right. or, uh, killdeer Plains or mosquito Creek. Yeah. You just, and then you're assigned a, you know, then you're drawn for a date and a location typically within that hunting area. Right. So yeah, for me, I'm comfortable with people who have drawn shifting and swapping those around. That doesn't feel dirty to me. But the when you get outside of that and you start giving, quote unquote, giving your hunt you drew to someone who didn't draw, that isn't a, you know what I mean? That gets slippery. I don't know. I feel like the ODNR needs to have some say in that. And what I mean by that is, Jason, if you draw and you want to give it to Jeff or I, that makes sense you know what i mean we're brothers we're you can track that so the odnr could approve that very easily you know i just feel like they need to approve or deny cuz then otherwise yeah i'm trading and i'm giving it to this guy we darn well know you're selling it to him or trading it for something else you know what i mean like it in most cases i'm not saying everyone does but that gets it opens it up to that opportunity to where it's like i draw these hunts and now i'm selling these hunts which to me gets really slippery because you're not allowed to i mean i guess you can guide quote unquote so you're selling hunts that way but like i don't know what where's the line between i'm selling this opportunity to you but if i go harvest a deer i can't sell the meat to you right you know what i mean where does that fall
0: (laughs) well and i think i suspect the way that we've gotten here is it you know as you're talking jake it it in my head it starts to turn into quite a monster to manage for the odnr the division of wildlife you know like uh, that's not to say that it couldn't be done but i think in order to not turn it into a giant nightmare of them like checking, like, do you know this person? Is it, do we deem this okay for you to give it to this person? You would just have to flat out. Like you can't transfer or trade them at all. And if you can't do it, you have to respond to us by such and such a date that yes, you can, or no, you can't. And if you can't, we will, the ODN division of wildlife will pick somebody else. Right. Uh, that's the only way I see like stopping it. If you're going to allow, you know, a, a, a father to transfer it to his son or, or, you know, a brother to transfer it to his brother or a cousin or something. Right. I, I mean, other than making it illegal, but as you know, as we know, people are willing to bend and break the law. Uh, I, I don't see how you stop. It just turns into a giant, mess for them to police yeah keep track of
1: right and you start yeah i mean what are the stipulations of who you can pass it to how do you know i don't know that person i could have you know it,
0: yeah right i mean you can maybe do it like well did they did they apply for hunts and didn't get drawn then right you know that would be a simple check yeah, okay, you can transfer, you know, this is an acceptable transfer, but but you're right back in this... I don't think that fixes anything, right? You're right back in the situation of, well, like Jeff explained, you know, well, I, I'm just going to enter every drawing. Right. And then right. <clears throat> trade around until I get the ones that I want.
1: Right. And the thing that made this year especially you know contentious if you will or made this a lot easier to do is all of the drawings were online this year
0: right
1: where in the past a lot of these drawings you know some of the archery drawings for uh nature preserves and uh state parks were uh in person and same thing with the the blind drawings for waterfowl were in-person drawings so you actually had to physically show up so then that kind of shows your intention that like yeah i actually intend to hunt here like i made however long the trip was to actually come to this location to get drawn yeah you know so i think because i think that's probably a decent way to control some of it you know kind of is have the in-person drawings like you actually have to show up and you know show yeah. that you're willing to drive to this location right. if drawn All right well and i mean granted it's not apples to apples there's a lot of differences i'm not trying to say the same thing but like i've been drawn for the summit county park hunts and in that case If you draw and you're not interested, like Jason said, they reach out to you. They say you were drawn you're this number out of this many people. If you're still interested, respond to this by this date. Otherwise, we're going to move on the list and pick someone else. Um, So, you know, I mean, I don't want to say that's precedent, so to speak. It's different. I get it. But in that case, you know what I mean? It's if you can't do it and at that point, you don't know where you're going to hunt within the County or what time you're going to hunt that all gets determined later, but you can't, if you can't do it, you don't get to pick someone else to give it to. It's you turn it back in, so to speak, and then it's reallocated to someone else. Right. So, and I, and I know I'm, but at the same time, I guess I'm, I'm the first thing that comes to mind is, well, to apply for summit County lottery hunts, it's free. But and you've got to pay three dollars an application, but from what we've heard from the ODNR, they're not making money off that. They're just covering cost is basically what they said, isn't it? That's, That's just what the they, cost yeah. of running cost of running the lottery yeah. or whatever. Right. Whether, I, not, obviously I to, to complicate it anymore, you know, with actually having them to have to manage it more, you know, would just right. raise those costs.
0: Right. So that's a good question, though. Would you be willing to pay more to eliminate this loophole? Because like you said, I think they would have to do something like what Summit County does, where you get drawn, they reach out to you and say, you've been drawn, are you interested in participating in the hunt this year? Yes. And then you give them... Uh, what is it your top 3 choices for hunt location yeah. and and dates
1: yes they break all of their basically they break their sections down into the, the deer season into three seasons the first third the middle third and the last third and then they have however many areas that are open that year and that's how many people get to apply or get get drawn so yeah you pick your zone and your we'll call it season Early season, mid season, or late season. Right. So and for, your top for, three
0: for easy numbers. Let's say there was ten zones, three seasons. They pick thirty people. Correct. Yeah. So
1: and they they,
0: they start have a working, working down in, the list.
1: Right. And there's actually a working document that only is provided to the
0: people who were drawn, so you can see what's already been picked. What's been picked? Yeah. But you can right. you can. You can imagine, right? Like there's somebody that is managing this, that's re- you know, there's time reaching out to right. everybody. Are you interested? Yes, no, okay, give me your top three. They, you know, like it starts to turn into a a project management headache, yeah, I- if you will. Yeah. And that's just a county for deer. For you, you know, they're not doing little weekend hunts or whatever. It's, it's, they've, they've decided to break it up into probably to, to help keep it, you know, manageable. You're not getting weekend hunts. You're getting the first third of the season, the middle third of the season and the last third of the season. Right. So you, you know, you blow that up onto a statewide with multiple species, you know.
1: Yeah, no, such and such be, uh... is, is
0: only going to open a, uh, allow a hunt on their property for the weekend, you know, whatever. I need to pause here briefly and talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. Monster Whitetail Grub is a deer feed company, and they're an Ohio deer feed company. So, you kind of get a twofer if you shop with them, right? You're supporting the Ohio economy because it's an Ohio company, and you get a really great deer feed product so they've got their signature monster Toe grub feed which is a high protein feed they've got their flavored corn <clears throat> so you can get flavor additives added to corn and it steps it up to the next level and then you can get just straight mineral so if you want like a powdered mineral they have that as well so whatever you need for your deer feed options they've got it so go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors And you can find out where you can find some of their product, because I've been seeing on their Facebook page, they're getting into more and more retail locations. Or you can just order it directly from Monster White Tail Grub. Now, let's get back into the conversation. So so would you be willing to pay more for an entry fee in order to eliminate that loophole? Does it bother you enough?
1: Well, at this point, no, because I never get drawn. I'm not paying more. (laughs) (laughs) that's not happening um but yes in general without the information that i'm prohibited from winning um i and i'm kidding i'm not prohibited (laughs) from winning but uh yeah that that would know yeah at least not that we're aware of maybe we are blacklisted i don't know if you happen to know that (laughs) blacklisted let us know so we stop donating Uh but (laughs) um like I, that's the same thought process I had, honestly, when I kind of thought through it originally was like, well, if you charge more, first of all, that would kind of eliminate these, I don't know how many people do this, but the people who just apply for everything. I mean, that gets expensive.
0: Right. If you it would be cost prohibitive.
1: Right. That was kind of my thought. And I wouldn't necessarily be opposed because I don't currently, I've never, you know, Jeff's going to get me into waterfowl hunting. He says. But, um, I don't waterfowl hunt. So I just pick a few of the deer hunts just for fun, basically. You know it's mean? I, I don't rely on these lottery hunts for a place to hunt. I don't, you know, I have plenty of opportunity. I hunt public, I have private access, I have my own property. So if I were to get drawn for one of these hunts, it would be purely just for fun. <laughs> Not that it isn't for everyone else. You know what I mean? So it's for me, I'm just kind of throwing a dart at the wall. I'm not like relying on any of this for any means. Sure. Um, so I, a few bucks here and there. I mean, I, cause I don't spend a fortune to apply, so I wouldn't be opposed to a higher cost, but for these guys who apply for all the waterfowl hunts that they put a lot more money in the hat, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, at $3 an entry and I apply for three, the $9 donation, we'll call it. (laughs) Um, isn't going to break me, you know what I mean? But if I'm applying for, if I'm a diehard waterfowl hunter and I'm applying for all these, I don't even know, Jeff, how many waterfowl hunts were there? I know the majority I, of them were. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot, you know. I mean, more than 10. Right. So, but maybe, I mean, I don't know. If it gets cost prohibitive, then you don't apply for all of them. And then you got to be more selective as to which ones you really want to do. Yeah. So, I don't know. Or... I, i mean i don't know then you just kind of get slippery though because then you go into this like do we start going into a model of like out west where you apply and then if you don't get drawn you can get your application money refunded or at least a portion of it you know I,
0: i or what i was gonna say is like maybe you you keep the application fee low but if you get drawn then you know you've got to buy like the special permit for that hunt or something. And it, you know, it's more expensive to cover the cost of all the, the tracking and managing. And yeah.
1: Yeah. I think my, you know, ultimate goal to kind of make this system more fair and, I don't know, (laughs) uh, on the up and up, you know, because right now it seems like it's, it's illegal to trade them or sell them but you know the ODNR looks the other way. You know that's that's the right. system we have and everybody everybody knows it. You know, you got to play the game. Right. You know, I, by I my understanding Jeff, you didn't have trouble finding
0: these resources
1: of how to buy, sell and trade these things. No, absolutely not. I mean, I, <laughs> the, so the, if the, the the ODNR if really cared. They could figure out who's by selling and trading. these things. Right, right. Yeah. You know, because on deer hunting pages, there wasn't there's not a lot of it. Now, water hunting, waterfowl hunting. Yeah, there's a ton of them, you know. Right. And but it's the system. You know, so anyone who's playing the system, I don't blame them. You know, like they're playing the game that, you know, the rules are set for them. You know, they're just playing by the rules. You know, don't hate the player, hate the game. You know, I don't blame that. (laughs) But, uh, basically what I think should, as soon as possible, you know, hopefully next year, um, the in-person drawings should probably go back to being in person, you know, because then that shows that you're at least willing to drive there. Right. And, I think probably you should be allowed to trade dates, you know, within a hunt, like you can trade dates, you know, at the same location, but then if you, if you can't make it, I think you should have to turn it back in. And maybe, I mean, I'm not real sure because the other thing I, you know, people complain about is that well people get drawn for these hunts and they don't show up you know they they get drawn for the intention to trade it or they get drawn and the people who hunted the weekend before didn't have any luck so i'm not gonna go where someone else would be more than willing to go right you know like especially with deer hunting you know it's like oh there's no you know I know the guy who hunted my zone before me and he said, there's no bucks, So, you know, I don't care to go. And then, but someone else may want to just go kill a deer, you know, doe hunt. Yeah. You know, so I, I think if you can't use it, you should have to turn it back in. You know, if you can't trade for another hunt, another date at the same zone, I think that's the best
0: option. Yeah, because that, uh, I mean, honestly, that would eliminate the need for the way Summit County does it, right? In that you get drawn for X hunt, Mosquito Creek deer hunt, and you get assigned a date. And uh, shoot, that date doesn't work for me. It's perfectly legal and accepted that you can trade amongst the other people that got drawn for the mosquito Creek deer hunt. That that's easy for them. Now they don't have to email everybody. Are you interested? Yes. No. Okay. Give us your top three picks. And and, you know, like it eliminates all that managing the people that get drawn for it, do that managing amongst themselves. And they just notify the division of wildlife and say, Hey, I, I originally got drawn for you know whatever the first weekend. I swapped with so and so, and so you know now my name is in for the third weekend. And they just update the list so that you know if they stop you and they want to see your your license, they verify. Yep, you're the right person that's supposed to be here. Sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Seems yeah. like so it could work. My uh, kind of going off what you said, Jeff. So if people are drawing these hunts with the intent to trade or whatever and then not I mean I don't know if is it even an option if you get drawn can you turn it back in to the ODNR and say I'm not interested anymore will the ODNR then assign it to someone else or how does that I don't even know if that's an option
0: if it's not know. it should be never been drawn
1: <laughs> right yeah i and if it's not i feel like it should be and i also feel like you should be penalized for not if, if it's an option to turn it in and you don't, and you don't show up, you should be prohibited from entering the drawings next year or whatever for a year. You should be punished for that because oh, you're man, taking that... opportunity from someone.
0: Yeah, but man, there's like, what if you got sick? What if, you, you know, like there's, uh, that's,
1: yeah. I, don't, I, I don't
0: know that I'd be on board with that.
1: I know with some of these hunts, you can show up the day of the hunt without you know if you don't have a permit and if someone doesn't show up like by check-in time they will draw standby oh really yeah, but, yeah. i mean that's not a bad idea that's not well advertised All right, um, and well I, but i know with some of them they they do a like a standby draw standby uh drawing but that's that's kind of rough man you show up to a hunt you know if if you're any distance away and you're hoping that someone doesn't show up so that you can have a chance then to draw yeah well then here we go now we can make this you know I get to make the rules I'm the dictator at this point so (laughs) since okay I'm following if you get sick well Now, standby becomes an advertised real thing. You tell people, hey, anyone who doesn't show up or whatever turns their hunt back in, we're going to draw standby. Let everybody know that's what's going to happen. And then it's your responsibility as the person who drew to notify the ODNR, I'm not showing up. If you notify them, you're not punished. You can still draw next year. If you just no call, no show. Now you just, you know, to me, that's just, I just, that just makes me mad. I guess that's because I'm in management at my job, but well, you know what I mean? Like, at least call me and tell me you're not going to show up so I can plan for it. And it's, I mean, it is, it's, uh, it's disrespectful to everyone involved. You know, it's disrespectful to the people who are not drawn. It's disrespectful to the ODNR, the people who are managing this hunt. You know, because they're putting their time into, you know, setting stuff up, you know, especially if it's one with a check in, you know, they're right. And and at this point, if there's no, right, if there's no program or process to accept that, quote unquote, call off (laughs) for your hunt, then, you know, there is no way to do it. There's no process. I get it. But I feel like they should create one because most of these hunts I'm imagining have, I mean, I don't know. Again, that's more, like you said, administrative stuff. So it's going to cost more money, but I don't know. I just feel like it.
0: Well, but with someone today's else to
1: be given the opportunity,
0: right? Yeah. With today's technology, you could have like a, a web portal where the, you know, you get a, you've already got a unique ID with, in your, you know, your, right. your hunter ID. You know, you got drawn for this hunt. You log in and say, yeah, I'm I'm not going to make it, you know.
1: Right. And I feel like if you log in and do that before whatever, before the start of check-in time or whatever it is. I mean, heck, even if you get stuck in traffic, if you do it before the end of check-in time, you're not penalized for the following year or whatever they want to make the penalty. I don't know. But. I just, because then, like I said, you advertise that this is how we're going to do things. And, you know, if you're interested, you can come wait, standby. And if anybody doesn't show up or cancels, then we'll do a, you know, drawing for all the standby guys. You might, I don't know. I don't know how many people would show up and sit there and wait. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Again, though, with today's tech, you should, I mean, I don't, I'm not in computer web design or programming, but I honestly feel like it wouldn't be a ton of work to create something that says there's five people who have turned this hunt back in. So there's five standby people that are going to get drawn and you should be able to view that ahead of time. I don't think that would be a crazy, I don't know. But I don't think that would be a crazy thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I definitely think that if you somehow told people that there would be a standby drawing, you would get people showing up. I mean, because before COVID, they had morning of drawings for dove and waterfowl, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where you had to get up and be at the location to be drawn to then go immediately out into the field to hunt. Yeah. You know, people showed up to those to the point where they were actually lotteries, you know, like to the point where you weren't just getting assigned a spot. You were actually putting your name in the hat to be drawn. And hopefully, you know, you go with some of your buddies and hopefully at least one of you gets drawn. So, you know, they can, that buddy can take you, you know, if they, yeah. know, if it's yeah. you and a partner hunt.
0: Yeah. I mean, cause you know, to maybe get back to how did we get here? You know, how is it that the ODNR division, and I'm certainly not speaking for them. Maybe they, you know, I don't know. They got other things and they're, they're oblivious to it. They're not going out on Facebook or whatever, looking for people, you know, they're not policing this, but you know, I could see they use this as a management tool, right? And so I don't care how you guys figure it out. We're going to draw names. And if you guys want, technically, yeah, it's not allowed, but if you want to trade amongst yourselves or whatever, we just need people out here doing the hunting to, to, you know, meet our management objectives, right? So we're just going to pretend we don't know any of this is going on, right? I can see that sort of scenario playing out. I am like, like I said, I am by no means saying that that's what's happening. I have no idea, but in this hypothetical world, right, I could see that it's a tool. Uh, We don't have the manpower to police this as long as, you know, you know, I could see them getting in a situation where like, listen, I don't care who comes and hunts. I just need people to come out and hunt. Right. Like, so whether you got drawn initially or you traded it with somebody else, uh, we just need people. And I don't have the the manpower to draw another name or figure out, Oh, who got drawn, who didn't let's, let's pick another, you know, like uh, if it's all manual, right. It's like, I don't know. Uh, you know i could see them just they would rather if you will people just trade them figure it out whatever that way we don't have to <clears throat> spend spend money and manpower sorting it out right. but that sort of speaks to like they're using this to as a management tool so it, it would be nice if he showed up you know
1: right right <laughs> yeah all right and- uh, the, the one thing I kind of is I hope that if they do ever decide to enforce these rules, that they give warning, you know, because mm-hmm, there's yeah. a lot of people out there that I, I mean, they first off, they may not even really know because it's so commonplace that what that it's illegal. You know, they yeah. may not even know that. And. I mean, I think if you call the ODNR and say, like, they'll, I I think they'll tell you, like, to trade them, you know? I mean, because it's so commonplace. Right. Like, I can't make this date, like, can I, you know, but I know someone who can, can I take their hunt? Like, I think they'd probably tell you, like, sure, go ahead. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but. I hope that if they ever do decide to enforce these rules that they, you know, tell people because there'll be a lot of people who are, you know, they're not really trying to break the rules who would get caught up and get in trouble, you know, at least lose out on their hunting, you know, because I don't know what the punishment is. But I think there'd be a lot of people who Are you know not trying to do any wrong who would get caught up in it sure you know so i i hope that if they decide to change the rules that they notify people um and uh, another thing that's it was that's at least a step in the right direction is uh i think if you because if you Apply for waterfowl hunts, you are supposed to, I don't think it'll prevent you, it may prevent you, I'm not sure, but you're supposed to have both your uh, state and federal stamp before you apply for the waterfowl hunts, your hunting license, your state and federal stamp. Um, They should probably do the same with deer hunting you should have to have your hunting license and a deer tag, mm, Because yeah. at, at least at that, I mean, because you have to have your hunting license to apply. That's the only requirement for the deer hunts. But at least at that point, it it's showing a little bit more of good faith. Because technically the way the system is now, if, if I'm a waterfowl hunter, well... You know, and an out-of-state waterfowl hunter at that, I could apply for deer hunts so that I can then trade those deer hunts for waterfowl hunts. And, you know, not, it doesn't cost me anything. Right. Where if you have to have your deer tag, that shows that you intend to come to this state to deer hunt, whether you get drawn for this or not. Or maybe you should like uh, the hunts out west. At least you at least have to put a deposit in. And you can get your money back for that tag. But you know, if you get drawn, you buy the tag. Right. You know that maybe that's a solution. So I I think some of the nature preserve hunts, like the state nature preserve hunts they may actually require you to have a deer tag in the past when you showed up for the in-person drawing. I think I recall that, that they, them asking to see your hunting license and a valid deer tag. So that's, you know, just one way to kind of make people apply in good faith. Yeah. But I think the moral of the story is that the system right now is kind of screwy, but there isn't too clear of a solution on how to
0: fix it. Yeah, so I guess you know, let not you know, not that we have any control over it, but let us know what would what would you do? What would you change? How would you do? You, do you like it the way it is? Are you fine with it? Would you change something? If so, what would you change? And keep in mind that, you know, the more complicated and, and manpower intensive it becomes, the the less likely it's going to be, you know, for a state agency to be able to, you know, pull that off. So,
1: yeah. And I guess if it's something that really bothers you, maybe you should, you know, maybe us as a hunting community should, you know, approach the ODNR about it and say, Hey, this is, you know, this bothers us. Yeah. You know, because for me, it's, I, I don't know, it it's bothersome, but it's not, it doesn't keep me up at night. You know, right. it's, this is the system we have. It's, you know, not great, you know, but it's what we have. And that's, that's the game you have to play. Yep. But. If it's something yeah. that bothers people, maybe approach the ODNR, but it, it you know, it's got to be simple. The solution's got to be simple. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, with, I guess the information we've learned, so to speak, this year, because Jeff has gotten involved in the waterfowl scene. Um. You know, I, like Jeff said, I don't know if it happens as much in the deer hunting side, but. I'm probably less likely to apply knowing I guess that there is a second secondhand market, so to speak, just because I feel like I, I feel like that deflates my odds enough to where I'm probably now less likely to apply. But that doesn't mean that everyone else, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, your odds, I mean, because they, they post your odds, uh, you know, what the odds were every year. Well, so, your odds to get drawn. But, right. Right. But those probably are knowing that people just apply for everything because they know they can sell it or trade it. hmm That, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. And, and, I, and I agree with you, Jeff. I feel like you should have to have a hunting license for sure and a tag. Right. Because then that, you know, puts a little bit more. Not that people don't. I mean, if you draw the hunt, you have to buy a tag. But I feel like if you make people buy the tag up front, it may right. be a little bit of a. And not that these people that, I don't know. Everyone that applies for a hunt probably ends up buying at least a deer tag anyhow. I would imagine. I don't know the numbers there. I but, I I don't think you don't so. think so. No, I I. I mean, because I've seen people online that like, oh, I got drawn for this deer hunt. I'm a waterfowl hunter. What can I get? You know. And I, oh, I see I what you're saying. You know. I see what you're saying. So you're saying waterfowl hunters that don't deer hunt are applying for deer hunts to trade right. the deer hunt for right. cash or equal value in waterfowl hunt. Right. Right. From someone like you who does it all. Right. Right. Or. Yeah, or someone who's a deer hunter who applied for a, you know, to do vice versa. Right. You know, and I mean, I do know because a lot of the parks, you know, have these management hunts, a lot of the county parks. And recently in the past five years, you know, you started seeing a lot of those parks require you to have a hunting license to apply, where in the past you didn't. And that greatly increased the odds of getting drawn for those hunts. Because before, people were just having every person they knew apply. You know, I, I'll have every, you know, my wife, my kids, my, you know, my parents, you know, my wife's parents all apply and then transfer it to me. You know, or right. they'll and. And I know once, you know, when every year when you saw like, oh, this year you're required to have a license, you know, those odds jumped, you know, dramatically up of getting drawn. So that is definitely a way, I mean, the ODNR already requires you to have a hunting license to apply, but maybe you should be required to have all the appropriate licensing to apply. You know, that's... That's probably the easiest solution, really. If you want to apply for a deer hunt, you need to have a deer tag to apply.
0: Yeah, it doesn't stop it per se, yeah. but it's, it would slow it down.
1: Yeah, I probably the only thing that uh, prevents them from doing that is that, you know, with controlled hunts, you can use a deer management permit. You know, so people would buy a different you know it would it could potentially be if that's the only hunting opportunity they would have you know they could potentially buy a tag that they they're not going to use yeah you know that that might be that's probably the only thing that kind of makes that not practical
0: sure all right well i think we covered this one pretty good like i said you know not necessarily the answer, but, or, you know, not that we have the answer. We, you know, we obviously threw out some, some of our ideas and thoughts, but, uh, maybe, maybe you knew this happens. Maybe you don't know what happens, but, uh, just thought it was something interesting to discuss and kind of hash out on the show. So, yeah. With that. And I
1: mean, and it's kind of given everyone a level playing field. You know, if you didn't know it happens, now you know it happens. And right. If you choose to play the game and you do.
0: Right. Okay, so that's going to do it for this week. Hopefully you enjoyed this uh you know, like I said at the beginning, we kind of dove into the murky waters of of lottery hunt permit trading, buying, selling and at least maybe shed some light on on the topic if you will so if this was interesting to you or you found it helpful at all i'd really appreciate it if you would share it like it follow us on social media we're ohio huntsman on facebook ohio huntsman underscore podcast on instagram and send us your questions send us you know if you have a hunting question if you have a hunting law question, whatever. If you have something that you'd like us to cover, send us a message. Lots of ways to get in touch with us, so that's pretty easy, and we'd be happy to address them on the show. And with that, as always, thank you all for continuing to listen, continuing to share, and uh, continuing to follow us on social. We we really, really appreciate that, and I wish everyone everybody the best of luck in the woods and waters this fall so we will talk to you next week